episode number 130, The Traveling Designer. Welcome to Rookie Designer. My name is Jake Van Ness, and I'm here with my co-host, Kitty Florido. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Kitty about what she does as a designer during her traveling, what devices she uses, what software she uses, and other things that she runs into. But first, I wanted to ask you, Kitty, how your party that you went to for networking went last night. There was a party afterwards, but it was pretty much, like, at first, it was a kind of like a conference. The, co- the event was called First Tuesday. This is an event that has been around since 1998. It was started as a online forum, and then it pretty much died out, and then it came back up as um, either a nonprofit organization or just an independent business. Its goal is to empower entrepreneurs and allow networking. For example, you can pitch your idea and you can get four or five different either offers or people with advice of, of how you can pitch your idea better or how you can improve it. So yesterday, everything was around this like line that said, your business idea can fit in a napkin. You know how you can write ideas of something in a napkin and then just put it away and then you go back home and keep in thinking of that. So it was kind of like around that idea, that concept. So um, it was really nice. I got to meet many, many people. I saw a lot of friendly faces too. It was really cool. And the thing is that in every networking event, you need to go prepared with business cards. I met with a few people. They They were like, oh, thank you for your card. I don't have mine. Yeah, and you just go like, uh, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the things that you definitely need to do when you're going to one of these um, networking mixers. You need business cards or at least something because you go like, oh, and how am I supposed to contact you? And I know that some people kind of say that to avoid giving you business cards. But when they say the same thing for like two, four or five people in the same group, you go like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you did forget them, didn't you? Yeah. Actually, to go back to what you were talking about earlier, the whole thing with the napkin, you said and when we were going back and forth on text that you were getting a lot of elevator speeches. Do you think that was part of it, too, that the idea of the napkin, your business on a napkin, was to keep it short, to keep it brief, and to make it so that you weren't tying somebody up for 20 minutes, but you're only tying them up for a few minutes so they can go on to the next person and network some more? Yeah, and the thing is that it's, like, for me, this is kind of like speed dating. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much like, like that, you know, that I've, you, you do have seen it on TV that there's this party and there's, like, all the girls sitting in the table and there's just all the guys and they just go, like, like five minutes for each girl to, and then they see, like, who, like, what their um, compatibility was. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of the thing. Um, for example, in this kind of events, you have so much people around that you want to cover as much as ground as you can. It's the same thing that happened to us at PepCon, that you wanted to mingle and talk with everybody, so you need to have your elevator speech ready. Um, so, who am I as Kitty? I'm a graphic designer and photographer in Guatemala that I also do web design, so they can see me as a creative firm or creative office. I don't know how to say like that but like a, like an agency yeah like a creative agency let's call it like that but i also have a very fun passion for cooking so i was also pitching foodies and if the conversation was going in the right direction and it i had the right audience i would bring up broken designer nice 
And I know that some people might say, huh, this girl can't sit still if she can't focus on one thing and she do them right. Because often if you want to do a lot of things, many people will say, you know what, stop what you're doing and just choose one. Yeah, but I think as creatives, I think we find that we tend not to do that. And I also think with today's technology, it's really hard not to be that ADD. You've got so much information coming at you. You've got so many ideas. You've got so many things you want to do. I don't think people look at it that way as much as they used to because we know that a career is no longer 20, 30 years at a business. It's a few years here, a few years there, unless you actually work for yourself and have a, a business that you've worked for yourself for 30 years. It's very rare that you find a career person at a corporation anymore. Yeah, but for example, one of the things that did help me a lot is that my photography professionally is focused mainly around food. I take pictures of not only like beautiful pictures for like dishes and the search from restaurants and cafe in like coffee shops. But also I take pictures of food that it's, I don't know, like bread and cake from a big manufacturing bakery. I don't know how to say that because it's not a bakery, like a store, but they just sell um, to restaurants and big clients. So it's that kind of picture that you can be very creative with. <laughs> yeah, but you also have, like you said, you have your other avenues and one specifically is the foodies kitchen. Almost all the photos there I mean, how I, I realize your partner in that takes photos as well, but you take quite a few. So that gives you that more creative side where you can actually work with the dish and, and make it more creative as opposed to having to take a picture of a hamburger roll or a, a taco shell or something like that. So what I was saying is that I, like, I would present myself as Asterisco, that's the name of my business. And what I did later on is that conversation was evolving. Since I went with a friend that it's also a client, so she kind of said, yeah, her client and I, she did this and she did my website and she took my pictures. And I'm like, yeah, I did all that, but I also do the foodies kitchen. That's my design. And that's like everything like Facebook, Twitter, Flickr, like everything is from like the creative side, obviously from both Helga and I, but design wise, I was the one that executed everything. So it, it kind of helps me put that also as part of my portfolio slash interest. But the fact that I specialize in food photography, it comes as a natural creative avenue. Yeah. To go back to what you were saying about the uh, client that you went with, I just happened to listen to the Reflex Blue Show, which we did reference a few posts ago as a, a bit of inspiration. Great podcast. Nate and Donovan do a great job. But they were actually talking to an individual who does like advisory work and stuff like that with creatives. And one of the things that she said that's really important is having a customer advisor that basically they, they serve as a way for you to get promoted without you actually doing the promotion. And that's exactly what that client did for you. So I think that's great that you were able to do that. Yeah. And for like, I have to say that I was really nice that, um, that Edith and I went together. She has a catering business that it's, I don't know, maybe a year between 12 and 15 months old business. She is an entrepreneur. She's a chef and she has this like small, catering to professionals like corporate catering for parties up to 50 people so it's a different kind of catering because it's not the, like your massive 
300 people kind of catering with something like it's custom made and it's really cool much more intimate that's the word um so the thing is that i went with her and we were like oh my god yeah i'm so glad you're going too so i don't have to be like all alone in the corner but the thing is that after we got there it was really cool to see a lot of people that i met last week people that i've met over the years and i saw a lot of friendly faces and i got at a lot of introductions i don't think i might have gotten a lot of clients or any clients right now but the thing is that i'm on their top of mind now so when they need either like because i met a lot of chefs so that if they need food photography they know that they can come to me because i was like one of the things that i pitch with my for my food photography is that i take the picture as the chef makes it and try to make the best out of it with light with the way that i take the picture instead of adding fake stuff and glue and <laughs> for example taking a picture of ice cream it turns out that it's mashed potatoes and that kind of thing so and, and, and yeah that's one of the things that you you go like oh really yeah really so the thing is that i um that i said yeah i take the pictures as you present it to the client i don't want to shorten this too much but we'll definitely touch on networking in a later podcast and also not that this is all focused on you but today's podcast is a little bit more focused on you we also wanted to talk about your experiences as a designer and traveling because you travel quite a bit whether it's in central america i know you've come to the u.s for conferences and stuff like that so why don't you tell people about some of the trips that you've gone on in the last year and a half or so maybe i can go a little bit like further back um the first time that i went to a conference I actually went to my first InDesign conference in Florida. So, and the thing is that it was an amazing experience, but in the design side, that was my first international conference. A few months before that, I went to Colombia for a um, entrepreneur conference. And the thing is that those kind of events, I absolutely love them. And I have to say that going to Colombia to a place where I had, I, I, I swear to God, I didn't know anybody there. I was in a for in Cartagena, Colombia for a week. I with I don't know 500 entrepreneurs and I didn't know anybody. By the end of the week, I had friends all over the world and I still and I still talk to some of them and it's really cool, but the thing is that you have to break yourself from that. I don't know, from that wall that it, you say, you know what? I don't want to go there because it's it's going to be just me. It helps a lot. Well, it's tough for designers. A lot of times they are isolated with what they do. We've, we've talked about this before. And conferences are a great way to break out of that isolation. Yeah. And for students, for rookies, for people that, that are just starting in the industry, this, if you have the the opportunity to go to any networking event, any conference, anything that might be relatable to what you do, go for it. If you are scared, it's completely normal. <laughs> I was I was completely scared. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of other people there are too. Exactly. And it might not be just you that it's going for there for the first time. But the thing is that I've gone to Colombia, to Brazil, Mexico, um, Central America, El Salvador mostly, that's where I have some clients, and the U.S. One of the things as a designer that I try to do is, first of all, have my equipment ready, have my equipment traveling friendly. For me, that means have protection on my laptop. Easiest thing, don't let it automatically log in. I know it's a drag if you, like every time you turn it on, you have to enter your password, it's worth it. Thank God, nothing has happened to me yet on that side, but it's it's definitely worth it. You also have a MiFi card that you use. 
yes, I, but that's just for Guatemala. Um, it's something that I know if, for example, if you're in the U.S. and you, um, you're going to be uh, attending a lot of conferences, the uh, My5 Verizon cards are really good. I've heard that those are actually the best because they have like reception everywhere. And it's decent speed. Yeah, basically the Verizon, it's because of the coverage. Um, I, I personally don't have hands-on experience with one, but I have several people that I know that have used them. Um, that old boss of mine had one and, and used it. And the coverage was really good. Verizon has basically the best coverage in the U.S. Okay. There's WiMAX capability too now where you, you can hook to their city-wide wireless internet, so you don't necessarily have to have a, a special device. You just have to have a user account, but that that only works within major cities. I, I think the ones I've heard about are D.C. Um, I don't believe New York City has it yet. There's, I think either L.A. or San Francisco has it, but it's been kind of slow to roll out, but it's the idea that the whole city is basically wireless for you, which is good if you're traveling in like New York, Chicago, places like that, but if you're traveling across the country and, and you could be in the middle of nowhere, at a hotel and you may need to work for a little while or you may just need to check your email or stuff like that. It's better to have the MiFi in that situation. And I, and I can understand why your MiFi only works in Guatemala. Our MiFi only works in the U.S. It's just the difference in the size of our countries. If you can get one, if you're like in within your country, you can get one if you're going to travel around. Also, make sure that you have everything set up so you know how to troubleshoot your settings for, for example, for Wi-Fi or for like for your laptop. So for your own sanity, you don't freak out in the middle of nowhere or in a hotel uh, if um, your laptop is not connecting. Yeah, sometimes the hotels are a little bit tough to, to get into. I, th- I think the newer laptops have done a better job at making it easier to do that. But I know personally, I've, I've gotten to hotels and not been able to connect. Call the front desk and they're like, well, we gave you the passcode. We can't figure out why you can't connect. They're usually not any help. So it's best that you do know how to use your own equipment. Exactly. That was going to be my first, my next um, thing that usually you know more about your own system than the uh, tech support from whatever hotel you're at. The other thing is that uh, before I had the iPhone, I have to say that I had my iPod that just recently passed away. <laughs> you might have heard of that um, on Twitter because I was trying to revive it, but no, I couldn't. <laughs> the hard disk is just spinning and spinning and there's no fix. Paddles didn't work. <laughs> yeah, the paddles didn't work. <laughs> but the thing is that what I did was before I was able to have mobility with the iPhone, I had my iPod and I had my portfolio synced as pictures. So I would have a digital version of the portfolio, even if I didn't have my laptop with me. I not only had it in the uh, the iPod, but also with the iPhone. And that's something that you always need to do. If you have a smartphone, there's no reason why you shouldn't have your portfolio synced. Even if it's three pieces or two pieces, there's no reason why you shouldn't have that. Why? Because it's much easier to say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm the designer. Do you have something to show me? Oh, yeah, you know what? In fact, I do. Look at my phone. <laughs> A question for you. Did you do that at all last night? Yeah. Awesome. And that's the thing that you can show certain things. Oh, and what kind of pictures do you take? So I said, oh, well, I had taken pictures of like pretty much everything. First of all, I love concert photography, but here I don't get that much payment in return uh, because they're my friends. <laughs> um, but I, you know, Jake, that I love that. But I also have some food photography pictures, both very artistic with from like some workshops that I've that I've gone in Brooklyn to 
like the very plain catalog bod on in like white background kind of picture very simple so it's so i i could kind of show my range and they were like oh this is really exciting and this is really fun so so it's really good um one of the things that both jake and, and some other people suggested was that i had a print version of my portfolio so i went on was it lulu yeah, lulu.com, I think. And what you can do is you can print photo books from them. So I have a couple of photo books. I didn't take take them with me yesterday just because it was not going to be that kind of mixer. It was more talk than show. Now, would you travel with those? Yeah, no questions asked, especially if I'm going to a design conference. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good way to, to show people. And yeah, the phone's great. The computer's great. But sometimes people, it's nice to be able to hand them something and, and watch them go through it and read their reaction to it and see how they interact with the book as well. I think that's definitely something that's interesting to watch. Yeah, um... Let's see some other thing. Um, know your words. If you're going to a foreign country and, for example, when I went to Brazil, it was really not really easy, but it was easy enough for me to communicate with them because Spanish and Portuguese are very similar. Like we are from like come from the same um, branch of Latin, I think. Okay. <laughs> You would know better than me. Or something like that. But the thing is that I could say, I need to go here. And they just said like four or five words. And they're like, oh, okay. And they would go and then like not everybody would speak English. or But Spanish, I, I could speak everything in Spanish. And there was this girl that I met that she didn't... She didn't know Spanish, but she would speak only like to me only in Portuguese, and I would answer back in Spanish, and we had conversations for hours. And that's, that's the thing that it's that it's something like very similar. So um, just make sure that if you're going to a place that you don't know the language, either have an app for that or um, a dictionary. You can never be to say. Always carry enough business cards, even if when you're coming in through the airport and you go through customs and if people see that you are a professional they'll treat you differently that's always the case why because they see that you're business um and i know that designers were more relaxed and were more this and you can always be yourself but know that you are there for business when you go to an event this has happened to me several times you go to this conference and you see xyz you go like oh my god it's him and this is like a huge, I don't know, designer superstar. And you want to go, oh, I want to talk to him. No, I can't. I should. No, I can't. What am I going to say? What if he thinks I'm dumb? <laughs> you know what? You're not going to have another chance to meet that person. Go for it. There's no question about that. Go for it. He or she thinks you're dumb. It's their problem. It's not yours. Well, I think exactly like what the tagline of this podcast is. Everybody started somewhere. Everybody knows where you where you are and what exactly. you're in right now. That you're nervous, that you, you're not sure what to say. And the other thing is, designers are much more relaxed, and they're there to to have a good time too. The instructors, these other guys that are attending the conference, they're all there to have a good time. So yeah, approach somebody. Don't be afraid to, and give them your business card. Ask for theirs. Try try to grow that relationship. Yeah, and one of the things that I I think that it would be like a hit at any conference, it would be that if you have a Twitter handle, it would instead of your name, have your Twitter handle on like printed on your on your tag. Yeah. Tag on your badge. Yeah. 
Why? Because there's a lot of a lot of people that now have Twitter. Four years ago, this wouldn't been able to happen. But now, yesterday, I met people that said, oh, you're the one that tweeted about this. I'm like, yep, I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, how many people do we know by their Twitter handle and nothing else? PepCon is the best, yeah, best example. Um, at first, we were like, oh, yeah, I think I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I would say Almost all the conversations, that was one of the first things brought up. What is your Twitter handle? Yeah, that's the thing. If you can take advantage of your social networking skills, do that. There's, It's nothing different like doing, onla- doing it online than person to person. Well, that's another thing with traveling is I, we all know there's the security issue and stuff. Like that. You don't want to tell everybody where you're going. But if you know you're going to a city and you've got some Twitter people that you talk to on a regular basis that live in that city, let them know. Yeah. They might be able to meet up for a, for a drink, meet up for dinner. They might be able to show you around town and make it so that if you're, even as a designer, if you're traveling by yourself, you're not alone, that you, you can have the opportunity to meet somebody in person. But also make yourself feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit safer in a place that you're not familiar with. Yeah. Always, always don't just give out your inf- like hotel information to anybody. Right. Please don't make that mistake. That's naive. Um, what you need to do is, for example, if you have been talking to X, Y, and Z designer for many years on Twitter, or you got to know him or her, or it's somebody that you look up, look up to, and maybe say, you know what? Why don't you go to the com- come to a conference? Let's meet at the conference. Always try to make those kind of meetings like in the conference public place don't go to this like <laughs> to like the, the kind of thing that happens on, on tv like to that dark alley no please stay away from dark alleys um, <laughs> yeah. um especially coming from guatemala i can tell you that it's like i am one of the most i don't know like uh i i tend to look over my shoulder a lot and like i'm always that kind of like paranoid paranoid but um even in new york city and and i know that i i, I should feel safer in New York City than here in Guate, but but still, that's the thing. I'm used to being able to look over my shoulders and make sure that I am safe. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So you have your equipment. What things do you do to keep yourself safe? What things do you do to keep your equipment safe? Okay. First of all, when you get to the airport and, for example, you're going to his hotel and you need to call a cab, usually there are cab booths that you can prepay or the uh, the cab ride and just say, no, I'm going to this hotel so you can pay the cab ride and they have like certified cab drivers pick you up instead of just say, like, raising your hand and asking for a cab, like you would do in New York City. Not every place is like New York City or, like, Chicago or something like that. So, um, always try to keep yourself safe. Airport, always carry your belongings. Never leave anything unattended. For example, when you go somewhere in, let's say, the mall, and you want to go shopping because you end up being at a place that has, like, amazing malls and outlet malls, so you go, like, yeah, I want to go shopping. Carry as little as possible. <laughs> Um, just ID, like passport, um, credit cards and everything. Know your credit cards, um, emergency numbers in case something happens, you know how to report it. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, my equipment, never leave it unattended. By any chance, you say, you know what, I'm going to stop at, or you're with a friend or something, You, I'm going to stop at the supermarket and get this and this and this. I'm going to leave my equipment in the car. No, you can't do that. That's just tempting. So uh, just try to be rational and just... Think 
that everything is that equipment. Like your work, your life, your personal information is within that equipment. Or if you are able to have two or three computers, travel with the smaller one with less information on it. Um, since I only have my laptop, so yeah, I travel with that. I try to have an updated backup. When I travel for months at a time, yes, I do carry my hard drives, my external hard drives, but I also leave one at home with the updated backup until then. My next step, and I have to say our next step with Jake, is that we want to get a cloud backup. Because yeah, if something goes wrong, you need to have like a place where you had your stuff and you can just pick up where you left off. I think that's the nice thing about the cloud system is that you wouldn't necessarily have to carry that external hard drive or several with with you anymore. You'd have it all up in the cloud. And I know a lot of people that have systems at home that they'll have those set so that they come on, do a backup, and then shut off. And they do that on a regular schedule, especially somebody like you who travels for a long period of time. They, They would set up a system like that. But then the cloud is always up to date. And the backing up system that they have at home is then pulling the information off the cloud as you're putting stuff up there with your syncing. So that that's definitely something that is good for somebody who travels. A question for you. I know you, you have about a 15-inch laptop. Yes. What is your feeling about all these crazy, what I like to call mini laptops, that are like 11 and 13 inches? Do you really see a benefit to that as, as somebody that travels? Um, 13 I can do because I know that I can hook it up to like a secondary screen and just have like the uh, main laptop screen as a side, um, like my secondary screen and use the uh, big display as my main screen. But... And that's because that that's what you work off of. Exactly. But I have to say my eyes suffer every time that I'm trying to stare at one of those tiny laptops and I don't have, I don't know, typing space. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I need to be comfortable. And that's the thing. I, I was looking with a friend because he wants to go mad. Yay. Um, it's like we're trying to look at laptops with this friend of mine. And he's like, well, you know what? I like I have a 13 inch or he has like an 11 inch tiny. It's not a netbook. It's a laptop that he has, and I think it's HP. And he loves it because he obviously he goes at the office and he plugs it into this 24-inch huge screen. So he doesn't. So he has the, the screen space, but he always says that he feels like one letter is on top of the other. So I said, you know what? Try the 13. How does it feel? Like physically, go you go to a I don't know, like Best Buy, at like App Store, whatever you want to buy. Um, either Mac or PC, and feel the camera, not the camera, the uh, the laptop. The same with cameras, too. That's important. Um, <laughs> but um, the thing is that you need to be comfortable. If you are going to be traveling a lot, you need to realize that that's going to be your work machine. You don't want to be all crammed up. But don't you feel that as somebody being on a plane a lot, that the 13 or 11 inch would be better for doing work on a plane? 15 is not bad. I would definitely wouldn't go 17 or higher than 15. It wouldn't go. Um, 15 is still good. It's still nice, especially if you are going to be working on pictures and a lot of things that you did that. For example, Lightroom takes a lot of space with their palettes and everything. So yeah, I would definitely stay with the F15. But if I had a secondary laptop just for traveling, because everything would be on the cloud, I would definitely get either a MacBook Air or a 13-inch MacBook Pro. I wouldn't go 11. It's too small for my eyes. Yeah, I don't know how people work on an 11-inch. I mean, I, one of the podcasts that we listen to, Minimal Mac, he works on an 11-inch Air. How? 
<laughs> that's so small. And, and I'm like, at that point, why don't you just buy an iPad? But I realized there are differences between the two. But it just seems 11 inches is small for a laptop. Like, one of the things that I, I used glasses since I was in, I don't know, like fifth grade. And maybe four years ago, I got LASIK. So if the type is really small, I can't read it anymore. And yes, my eyes get tired. I need to take care of my eyes. Like so, like sometimes during the day, I just like stop what I'm doing and do something else, and or write in my notebook or do paperwork that is away from the computer because my eyes get tired. And I know that my eyes are my most precious gift because that's what allows me to work. Get take care of your eyes. Um, have like eye drops, like refreshing eye drops around. Sometimes if you've been working a lot and staring at the laptop carry those. If you're traveling, carry those too. You have no idea how much your eyes can dry out if you go into a very polluted city like Mexico or Brazil. Maybe not have it with you on your bag because they can throw it out because it's liquid because of the restrictions, but have one on your personal bag. Have some eye drops there and make sure that they are always good, that they haven't expired. Another area that I wanted to cover before we uh, close up is you're an iPhone user, and obviously there's tons of apps out there for traveling. Which ones do you use? First of all, if you are traveling and you bought your tickets through Orbitz, get their app. If you are traveling through Continental or Copa or United Now, get their app. Try to get your flight or reservations or anything information on your phone. If you do not have an iPod or iPhone, I mean, um, you can always save that as a note and have it just ready there for when they ask you for your reservation number because nowadays they don't print out stuff until you're at the airport. So instead of wasting paper just to print print out your reservation number, have it on your phone. Carry less stuff with you. (laughs) Be nice to your bag. (laughs) Your bag is the one that suffers. Um, I have to say that one of the apps that I absolutely love that I just reviewed a couple of days ago was Sneak Peek. So you can look at Illustrator and InDesign files within your phone. That works if you have the PDF preview options saved when you save the files. Also have a way to be able to track your expenses. I personally use Billings to uh, have everything from the office so you can track your expense and you can add mileage, add like time slips and everything. But at the, And on the personal note, I have iBank so I can keep track of my own finances because really important if the company that you're working at sends you out You need to be able to, I don't know, like separate the expenses because they might have given you like an expense account, check, cash. Yeah, a lot of accountants tell you all the time that you should always have expenses separated, that there's a very hard line that, you know, okay, this is what I spent on business on this trip. And okay, I went to a movie with some friends and okay, the company's not going to pay for that. So that's in a separate category. Okay. It's something, it's something really easy. If you have kids, you are not going to put the stuffed animal that you bought at the uh, aquarium or at the, uh, (laughs) or at the airport on the company tab. But the thing is that you need to be able to separate those. And usually you don't have two wallets. You have one wallet. So an app or in really easy spreadsheet, either Numbers, Excel, or Google Docs, you can keep track of what you're spending, even to the last penny. So yeah, 
that that's really important if you're traveling from like the company or if it's from yourself and you have your own company it's the same thing you need to be able to separate both expenses some of the ones that i've used personally on trips is i i use a, a tip calculator just because i'm lazy and don't want to have to figure it out myself or when you have like a table of 12 right when you have a table of 12 and you need to figure out what that is divide it up it's a lot easier to do it with an iphone app um i'm a creative Math is definitely not one of my strong suits. I have apps in here for uh, finding hotel rooms, finding cabs. I actually, the, when we took the trip to New York City to visit with Dan before you flew back to Guatemala, one of the, the apps that I actually had was for the subway system that showed me the maps and where the stops were and stuff like that. So there there's ones for that, and, and they, they're all different in different cities. I mean, there's definitely some apps out there that have them all in one app but you can also get them for specific cities. Also, bookmarking the city's website so you can find out about what they recommend for restaurants, for things to do, stuff like that. Plan ahead. If you're going to New York City, there's some things that you'll definitely want to go. If you love food, go to Italy. <laughs> awesome place. Uh, the thing is that you need to know where you're going to be, especially if you're just going to have a day or maybe four hours to do some sightseeing. Plan ahead. Make your life easier. Just make sure that you want to go places that are nearby or if you need to take the subway to go to the other side of the city. Just know know what you want to do. I know it's a hassle to kind of do that because even we struggled with that before we went to uh, New York City because we had so much to do <laughs> before we left that we just needed to put some time, like maybe after dinner or during dinner, that okay. What do we want to do? We want to go here, 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 and here. And with the smartphones, it's really easy that you can do just, you know, just map out stuff. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we used Google Maps while we were right in the city. It allowed us to see where things were. Of course, we had to go to the Apple stores. And yes, I said stores with an S. We had to go to the Apple stores. Unfortunately, didn't get to see the Cube because they were working on it. But we were able to find all that stuff on a map, and having the map on the phone made it a lot easier to get to locations quicker and cover a lot more ground, and we sure did cover a lot of ground in New York City. As you guys can see, Kitty and I both love to travel, and Kitty does it a lot more than I do. I mean, I, I'm in, New York, in upstate New York most of the time. She's traveling all over the place between Guatemala, Mexico, Brazil... El Salvador, places like that. So she definitely has to have these tools in place to be able to make it easier for her to travel. Because the more tools you have in place, the better plans, the safer you are, the better your trip will be, and the less stressful it'll be. Because we all know that when you travel for business, or even when you travel for vacation, when you get home, you're tired. So if you have a plan, you have everything in place to do it the right way and to have it be easier, it's a lot easier to come home and feel like you had a successful trip. Um, one last thing before I uh, close this off, and I appreciate Kitty sharing all that, and I hope you guys enjoyed that and got some good information out of it. If you have questions for Kitty or myself, you can always email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. If you have suggestions on what you do when you travel, please leave them in the comments so that other people can see them and we can share that. What I wanted to close off with is I've actually taken on several 30-day challenges. I came across the post on Google Plus, and you may have read about this in one of our previous posts, because I did actually post about it at the end of last week. And then I also followed up with a post that actually listed what challenges I was taking on. The ones I chose aren't really overly challenging as much as 
trying to drive myself to, to continue to learn, to continue to grow. And the first one is to learn more about my iPhone camera. I have an iPhone 3GS and I'm trying to learn more about what they call iPhotography. I've done more with the Camera Plus app. I've done more with Instagram. And so what I've decided to do for my first challenge is to do a picture a day. Now, my second challenge is along the same lines with photography is I have two books by uh, Kelby Training that one is for Lightroom and the other one is for digital photography. And my goal is to read a chapter every day and get through both books. So that way I can teach myself more about Lightroom and teach myself more about how to use my digital SLR. And third, where this is where Kitty comes in, I've decided that I want to get back to learning Spanish. I took several years in high school, and at 30-plus years old, that's all gone. So I'm trying to relearn some Spanish, and Kitty has been nice enough to help me with that, and she's going to give me a word a day to learn. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Obviously, you can find us here at Rookie Designer, and I hope that you comment. I hope that you can also go to iTunes and rate us. This is something that I haven't said in in previous podcasts, and I probably should have. Please go to iTunes and rate us. Leave a comment on iTunes. It helps people find us. It helps people find good podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook under Rookie Designer. You can find us on Twitter at Rookie Designer as well. And also, you can find Kitty and I on Facebook under our names. And you can also find us on Google Plus now under our names. So if you have a Google Plus account, just look us up by our names, Jake Van Ness and Kitty Florido, and you should be able to find us. And we'd love to have you guys add us to a circle, and we'll add you. So I think that's it for today's show, and I guess we'll see you next time. Everybody's a rookie before they're a time.